0: It's, it's David, by the way. My middle name. You need, if you guys are going to have to tell yours, I'll tell mine too, too. You saw that our next series, uh, starting next Sunday actually, Lord willing, is uh, going in the direction of uh, the timing of Jesus' birth. And we're going to talk about some pretty amazing things that are just remarkable about, uh, as far as biblically but also world events, how God set the time. So I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, This morning, you know, there's a common denominator. And there's very few things that you can say are common for all humanity. There, there are a few, but there are very few. You have different cultures, and so that means different uh, uh, desires, different direction, different goals come with different cultures. But the one we're going to talk about this morning is true of everyone. Even though there are probably a few folks that say, no, it's not a big deal to me. It is. It is. Whether they try to deny it or not, uh, it's something we, we all long for, uh, uh, we, we hope for, in, in our life. Some of you would say, I found it. You know, I've got my, my true love. But if you are actually completely honest, you made some adjustments along the way for what you actually were looking for and thought you might find out there. And then what you came to was, okay, well, I had to switch it up a little bit, but, but they're my true love. Uh, we're we're going to talk about that subject this morning. And it's a big deal. And I ran across the, Uh, some uh, different statements out there about true love. Let me read this first one. Uh, Find someone who wasn't afraid to admit that they missed you, someone who knows that you're not perfect, one who gives their heart completely, someone who says, I love you and means it. Find someone who wouldn't mind waking up with you in the morning and seeing your wrinkles and gray hair but falls in love with you all over again. Now, you know, it's interesting. Listen, I'm going to read you a couple more, but kind of listen for the, here's what I want. Here's what I long for. So, so here's another one I came across. Find a heart that will love you at your worst and arms that will hold you at your weakest. You hear those things of, man, I just, that's what I want. I want that person, that individual in my life that, it, you know, at my worst, they still love me. And, and at that moment when I'm the weakest, they're going to hold me up. This one, I guess their reality check is a little different. They say true love hides behind every corner. I must be walking in circles. <laughs> so you say, okay, boy, that's too bad. But, but you know, that's, and maybe that's, that's some where they are. So, so, some, so some of the things that showed up, I want someone that knows I'm not perfect but loves me anyway and we all want that. That's, that's the desire of our heart. Uh, I want someone that wants to be with me, wants to have a relationship with me. I don't feel like I'm pushing it. I don't feel like I'm an inconvenience to them. They really honestly love to be with me. Uh, I want someone who, who doesn't want to lose me, someone whose heart's wrapped up in me. I know that when, you know, push comes to shove, I'm, I'm the mo- one of the most important things in their life. That's, that's obvious to me. Uh, I want someone who doesn't focus on my faults, my performance, my wrinkles, and my gray hair, you know, because whether you got it or not, it's coming. Just let me tell you, it's coming. Uh, Someone who loves me at my worst and is there for me in my weakest. Uh, That's what we're looking for. And then this guy who says, uh, reality is probably there isn't anyone out there like that, and if there is, they're hiding from me. So, I don't know, hopefully that's not your reality. So, So, this is the big deal. This, this whole issue of love. And you might ask yourself, you know, we're, we're in a series and we're concluding it this morning. What does all this have to do with thankfulness? Because that's what we've been talking about is thanksgiving and thankfulness. And we've been focusing in one of the Psalms, Psalm 107. In fact, we're, that's where we are this morning, too, as we bring this to a conclusion. So if you want to get there, uh, go ahead. Psalm 107 and especially the first verse. And we've kind of walked through this together. The, you know, he starts off right from the get go saying, "You know, be thankful," and we've kind of talked about. In fact, as we began this series, you know, that's a little bit abrupt and could be a, a little offensive. To, you know, just to have somebody tell you, "No, you need to be thankful," because sometimes we don't feel like our situation calls for thankfulness. So we've been talking about that. Why can he be so matter of fact? And what we've discovered is it is not about circumstances, at least from that psalmist's point of view. And we don't know who he is. A lot of them we do, but we don't know this, which who exactly wrote this one. But from his point of view, it's not wrapped up in circumstances, our situation, all those things about life. It is really wrapped up in God and our perspective of who God is. And that's what we've been learning to get. In fact, I loved it. Uh, Precious came out to me last. I'm, I'm not trying to embarrass her but she came out to me last, because if you were here last Sunday, I kind of focused on, on, I skipped a section, and I, and I put, you know, be thankful, it's all good. And and uh, she was hoping at some point I would get to the middle part, which said, not that it's all good, be thankful to the Lord, for He is good, because that's what the real point was. It's about God. It wasn't about our circumstances. And so we're going we're gonna to end up with, as, as in that first verse, the author said, there's one more thing that should cause us to be able to constantly be thankful, not at the circumstances, because sometimes things are hard, and, and they're not things that we're going to say, hey, this is wonderful. I'm so glad this happened to me, but, but at what we know about our God. And so he's going to talk to us about who our God is, that, that we have this God who, in fact, here's what I think. Uh, we have a God who actually created us, and when we talked about that what true love is and, and all the things that we kind of say, this is what I'm looking for, this is what kind of person I'd like to find. I think he created in us that desire, that, that, that heart sense that there is someone out there that will love me with a true love that meets all those expectations that we talked about. I think, I think he actually created it. In fact, I, I think that uh, in, in the garden before the curse hit, there there was no, uh, those two understood that completely. The curse messed things up. The curse messed up our perspective of God. The curse brought in some what-ifs that never should have been there. And, and so within us, God created this thing that says, uh, you know, I want you to desire this very special love that we would call true love, sincere love that, that is all those things we talked about and more. So, so a love that is a, a genuine love that is without reservation, uh, that is a love that is without exception. It's not a lo- I love you if. There's no if in there. I just love you. A in fact, a love that there even doesn't accept reciprocation. It's it's not about, well, I will, you know, I'll do my fifty percent, you do your fifty percent. I'll love you if you go this far. And it's not that. It has no expectation. It's just a I love you no matter. It is simply I love you, period. And I think God created us with a desire to have that kind of love. That's that's what we want. Which makes really interesting because here's what the author, as we as we continue this morning with verse one, he says, "Give thanks to the Lord for He is good; His love endures forever." And and, and love, it's really interesting. Love is a huge theme in all the Psalms, and, and including this one. We're going to talk about that, but and obviously throughout the Bible. But, so he says, here's why w- you can give thanks no matter your circumstances, your situation, what you're walking through. If you know God, if you have a relationship with him, you can give thanks because one thing you know is that his love endures forever. In fact, he says two things in this chapter 107 about love and, and throughout the Psalms and throughout scripture. He says, number one, God's love endures forever and God's love is unfailing. Now, first sight, those may sound pretty similar. You're saying, well, that, Aren't they kind of the same thing? They really aren't, but but we'll talk about that. In fact, that's kind of what we're going to de- decipher this morning: is why why did he say it these two ways? Because he does, and and uh, in fact, unfailing love is a very common phrase throughout Scripture. You run into that all the time, but especially in the Psalms, it shows up. I, I think uh, about forty times in the Psalms. So. We're going to look at these two perspectives, because this is what the author of Psalms said. Here's why you can always give thanks, because God's love endures forever, and it is unfailing. So I want us to talk through that this morning. And How many of you are familiar with that book? You ever, you ever heard the book, Love You Forever? few of you have. This, this is a really interesting book. Just to give you the backstory of the book a little bit, uh, uh, Robert Munch, I believe his name is, is pronounced, he wrote this book after his wife and him had had lost two babies in a row. And so it was really a way for him to kind of walk through his grief and process it and and you know here's and you know if you you've had children or you're expecting children along even with the expectation there comes these dreams these these things and and you kind of start playing with uh you know here's what I hope they become and here's what I hope they do and and so in this book, that's what he wrote. He wrote, even though they lost these two children, he kind of wrote his dreams out. Their, their dreams as a couple uh, about uh, when they had, had children, what they thought would happen. And, and in fact, it's interesting. He said that he actually couldn't, he wrote it, and then he couldn't read it for a couple of years uh, because it, it contained so much of, of the heartache that was involved for him and his wife. And if you're familiar with this verse, you know it starts off, Uh, with a a little baby being born. And, uh, And he starts, in fact, let me read you a few pages. A mother held her new baby and very slowly rocked him back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And while she held him, she sang, I love you forever. I like you for always. As long as I'm living, my baby you'll be. And then that, the book goes on. The baby grew. He grew, he grew, and he grew. He grew until he was two years old. He ran all around the house. He pulled all the books off the shelves. He pulled all the food out of the refrigerator. He took his mother's watch and watch and flushed it down the toilet. Sometimes his mother would say, This kid's driving me crazy. But at nighttime, when that two-year-old was quiet, she opened the door to his room, crawled across the floor, and looked up over the side of his bed. If he was really asleep, she picked him up and rocked him back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And while she rocked him, she sang, I'll love you forever, I'll like you for always, as long as I'm living, my baby you'll be. An interesting thing happened with this book. You've read it, know that where it goes, but... Uh, you know who the uh, uh, largest... He wrote this book for thinking parents would read it to their children. Do you know who the largest demographic of age was that bought this book? The elderly. Let me tell you why. This uh s- Story walks through the different ages of this little boy. He becomes a teenager. In fact, she says uh, when he got to be in, well, actually 9 or 10 years old, first of all, she used to say to herself when he was going, causing trouble, I would like to sell you to the zoo. <laughs> but then something would happen, and he'd come to her and share his heart, and, and she'd sneak up at night and sit night in his bed and hold on to him and say her thing. I love you forever. I like you for always. As long as you're living, my baby, you'll be. And then he became a teenager, and she said that, then she said, I actually live in the zoo now. And, and so he walks through all those stages, but time comes and his mother becomes older. And she gets elderly, and one day he gets this phone call from his mother saying that uh, she's not doing well, and the doctor says that she doesn't have a lot of time, and would, would he come and see her? And so he does, and he gets there, and if you, rem- if you know the story, what happens is when he gets his mother is frail, and she's in bed, and she can't get out, and he knows the time is short. So he picks his mother up, and he carries her over to the rocking chair, and with her in his lap, he sings, I love you forever, I like you, for always, as long as you're living, my mommy you'll be. why the elderly would grab this book? Because there's this longing in this heart that says, I want someone who no matter what will always love me. Someone I know will, will never come to that point where they said, I've had enough. Someone who can say, you're driving me crazy and then say, but I love you always. I like you forever. And so, That's what our heart is longing for. And and it's really interesting. That's part of a lot of what is wrapped up in that word that he says where he talks about this love of God that endures forever. We long for this love from someone who will love us always. And nothing will change that. Nothing can take... In fact, it's really interesting that endures forever uh, word... uh, Here's, here's what is involved in that word. It's, it's from ancient. Uh, it means perpetual, unending, uh, continuous, in, in, infinite, in, indefinite. So you get the perspective of that love. He says, this is the kind of love that God has for you and I. There is no beginning or end. It has always been there. You know, and, and this is actually applies to the world. God so loves the world. So whether you've chosen to be in relationship with him or not, I want you to know his heart for you is he loves you and always has. Long before you ever stepped onto the earth. Uh, well, you actually didn't step at first. That took a while. But long before you were born, God loved you. He, he already knew your name. He knew everything about you. In fact, there's a verse in the Bible that uh, uh, says he, he knows how many hairs you have on your head. And he knew that before you were born. This is the God we have, and that's why the author says, "You know, this thing that we're longing for—to this this true love—that is so permanent, such a reliable love—it uh, it is what we have in God. Even if we don't respond to God, even if we don't choose to be His follower, that's still." He loves us that way. He has loved us from ancient, and it's a perpetual love. It goes on forever. It never ends. And he feels that way about every person in this room, every person in this community, every person in this world. That's the way he loves us. You know, it's interesting, a couple of verses. uh, Now I'm applying to to you who have chosen, who have have responded to God's call on your heart and said, you know, He says, I want you to be my child, and you said, I want to be your child. And so you've accepted that forgiveness. And here's what he says about you. He says, for he chose you before the foundation, the creation of the world, depending on the translation. He chose us before the creation of the world. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as his children. We talk a lot about that adoption here because it's such a significant thing, and that's God's heart for you and me. And it has been his heart even before this world was created. So the author says one of the reasons that no matter what is happening, what's going on in our life, no matter what our situation, one of the reasons that even in the midst of of horrific time, you can say, but Lord, I'm so thankful because I know even in the midst of this, your love endures forever. You love me and you're going to take care of me. But the second thing that he brings up on a regular basis in this chapter, and actually through the Psalms and through Scripture, is to give thanks for his unfailing love. And, and like I said, that at first sight that may sound like it's similar. It's the same thing. But, it, but it's not. There is, there is a, a difference, a pretty distinct difference. Uh, God's love is unfailing, he says. So, so what's going on there? And he says to give thanks to God for the unfailing love. Well, have you ever, you know, another? You can't see it there. I just noticed for whatever reason disappeared. But other translations say, uh, "Give thanks to God for His un, uh, loving kindness," and that's that's uh, several translations to translate unfailing that way, loving kindness. And and we kind of focus in on the kindness thing, and so we say, "Okay, so it's talking about this that there's God's just have this heart for us, and and He's very kind to us, and and yeah, that is part of it. And and usually when we think that word kindness, we think of uh, you know maybe." Uh, uh, especially an unusual kindness of where a stranger does someone kind. I don't know how many of you have uh, been in line at McDonald's or somewhere, and you pull up to the window, and they do the thing where they say, well, that person in the car in front of you paid your your pre-dinner. Ever had that happen? Any of you had that happen? I've done it a few times, but I had it happen once. It is such a cool thing, you know, and and you're kind of looking to see if you know them. And the time it happened to me, I don't think I did. I didn't recognize the car or anything about them, and so I kind of did the wave thing. But but it's such a cool thing, and that's kind of what we think of. We think, oh, okay, it's that that kindness that is is shown to strangers. I remember when Mary Lou and I were, were in Bible college, and man, we were were uh, were renting an apartment on campus, and and they gave us a, a really good deal. But in spite of that. I got to tell you that the job I was working because I was working as many hours as I could work, but I was going to school full time, and and my paycheck basically paid for our rent. It's all I had, and somehow God for for two solid years uh, kept it, so we always had food. In fact, the, the school itself they had this uh, this cupboard that uh, married students. Could go to and get food from. And so Mary would make the trip up there and get, and that, that kept us in food and, and just unexpected gifts from people that we just, ne- you know, would show up in the mill. And, and, uh, and I remember one time uh, it was, uh, I had my school bill was due, due. In fact, it was past due. And I can remember, and I may have told this story before, but that's, I, I'm getting that age where I retell things. About. But I remember going up the window and, and <laughs> I was going up the window not to pay because I didn't have any money fact I had my checkbook with me and if they were insistent I was going to write a check so I could hand it to them but I was going to tell them don't cash it because there's nothing there but I'll write it for you so you can at least put down that you know for now until you try to cash it and and so and and you know you hate those conversations and and we were really close there are a couple times I've had to have those conversations and so I remember walking up to the to the lady behind that I had to write the check for for and 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 I and I pulled out my checkboard, and she looked up. She says, "Hello, oh, oh Paul." She says, uh, "Sorry, uh, we can't take your check today." And I thought, "Oh man, the last time I had this conversation, I thought I thought I that got eventually covered." And I so I'm going through all these scenarios. And I said, "Really?" I said, "What's what's the matter?" And she says, "Oh, oh, nothing's the matter. Uh, somebody paid your your school bill for this month." You know, and those things happen. And that's and so we're saying, "Oh, that's how God is. He's he is this. He's got this kindness that." That is just you know that loves strangers and jumps into these kind of situations, but that's not really at least part of the way this word is translated and, and and the way it impacts us is is not really in line with that kind of thinking. It is a kindness, but here's what it really means it's a kindness that we show or that someone shows us when we don't deserve it in fact. When we've actually done harm to them, when we've actually disappointed them, when we've actually made decisions that have hurt the relationship, or at least certainly should hurt the relationship, when, when we have, have gone a direction that we know is against what their will is. And it's in those kind of circumstances that he's talking about that this loving kindness shows up, where he doesn't respond in the way that we assume that he will and should, and, and, and even our heart is telling him, us he probably does because, you know, when we, when we make those decisions in regard to God, we often have this sense of, well, you know, I've blown it now. Uh, things, things are not right. And, God's pro- and and then in the middle of that, suddenly he shows kindness. In fact, look where it shows up here. There's a couple of a passage in, in Psalm 107. I want you to see where, two of those places where this phrase shows up here. We're going to start with... Uh, verses 10 and eleven notice the, here's the situation. some said in darkness and the deepest gloom prisoners suffering in iron chains why is this happening to them for they had rebelled against the words of God and despised the counsel of the most high now, why are they in this situation because they made bad decisions they actually rebelled it wasn't and re, you know rebellion isn't oh I messed up I made a mistake we like to, we like to re, refer to sin as mistakes uh, and and we've talked about that before, but, but, but rebellion is not a mistake. Rebellion is, I know what I'm supposed to do. I know what God wants me to do. I choose not to do that. I want to do this, and I'm going this direction instead. That's what rebellion is. And, and so this individual, or these individuals he's talking about, they're in the situation they're in because they have chosen to go contrary to what they know God wants in their life, and now they're in a really tough situation and are discouraged about it. They're they're in, they're gloom, They're, they're despairing about their situation, but they know they deserve it. But then skip down to verse 15. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for men. In the midst of that, when really they know, if they were, if you were to ask them, what do you deserve from God right now? They'd say, I deserve, I deserve the back of his head. I deserve him to walk away. I deserve him to say, you know, I'm done with you. And instead, I get unfailing love. Instead, I get wonderful deeds. And he says, that's what God does for you and I. And that's why we can always give thanks. Because even in the midst of of situations where we deserve we deserve to go th- to have bad things happen, hardship. He steps in and shows us kindness instead. Let me sh- let me look at, let's look at one more together. Look at verse 17. Here's another situation he brought up in this chapter. Some became fools through their rebellious ways and suffered affliction because of their iniquities. In fact, it got so bad as you go on, they, don't, they can't eat. Things are so bad. And, and he says the reason there again, it's rebellion. They, they chose, they went in a direction, and now they're suffering the consequences. Now here it's not just a, a discouragement with the fact I'm here again. And, and if you've ever walked and, and, and struggled with addictions and those kind of things, you know, so often it's like I'm back here again, how am I? But this person, it's, they're going through, it's bigger than just discouragement. They're actually going through hard times. They're they're in a mess in life. And they're there because they deserve it, because they, they rebelled against God. They did things contrary to the way that they knew God wanted them to do it. And they knew they shouldn't have, but it's what they wanted to do. And now they're going through a hard time, very difficult time. And they're there because they deserve to be there. But skip down to verse 21. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for men. So the psalmist says, here's why, as we look at our last reason, here's why you can always give thanks. Not because of circumstances, not situations. We know sometimes, you know, and and I don't think that is calling for that. Uh, He's not calling us, you know, someone brought up last Sunday, and I appreciate that. They said, you remember, what's about the verse that says, give thanks in everything? Yeah, he does, but if you go on and look in that passage, it's wrapped up in God again. It's not wrapped up in circumstances. It's saying, no matter what I'm in, whatever the situation is, I know my God. I know his heart for me. I know that his love endures forever, and it's unfailing. And regardless of whether I'm in this situation because I deserve to be there because I've made decisions, or it's just the stuff that happens in life because of the way it has been cursed, regardless of the reason, I know that he loves me, and his love is unfailing. His loving kindness is always there. I read a story this week uh, that I thought was a good illustration of what's going on here. Uh, in fact, it happened a few years ago. A young man, 23 years old, uh, didn't really have any family, at least not any family close in town. In fact, uh, really, all he had was the people he worked with, and it was the day before Thanksgiving, and so after work, a bunch of him and his buddies decide to, to go out and, and spend the evening drinking, and then that ends up going to evening to morning, and then it's about four o'clock in the morning. They finally shut down the bar and kick them out, and so they're pretty much goners, and, and the problem is he's been a goner a few times in the past, so he's already got two DWIs, and he shouldn't even be driving. shouldn't been driving, period, but but he gets in the car and he starts heading back to his home to you know he 's got nobody so he 's not planning to go anywhere it 's thanksgiving day it 's early in the morning and and he's driving he 's driving very slowly because he 's trying to act like he 's not drunk when he knows he is and so he 's driving very slowly and and what he doesn 't realize is he 's driving down the road in, in a neighborhood on the way to to the apartment that he lived in uh, he he 's not really with it and amen. Who's coming back from work on his way back? He sp- he was uh, worked all night, walks across the street and he doesn't see him and he and he hits this man. It's Thanksgiving Day, he hits the man. Well, as soon as he hits him, and he's not going very fast, but he's he doesn't even want to get out of the car and look. And, and you know, his first thought is really not about the man. His first thought is on oh, nuts. This this is going to be it. I'm going to lose my license, and that's what's going on through his mind. And and so he finally get he gets out. He goes around the front and. The man is laying there and groaning, but not seriously hurt. and And so right away he goes into this begging stance. You know, he says he helps him up and he says, "Oh, sir, I'm I'm so sorry. Uh, can I take you to a doctor? Uh, could I please uh, w- don't call the policeman? I, you know, if I get if I get another DWI, I'm going to lose my license and then I'm going to lose my job. And, and so he's just in this whole begging thing going on, just pleading with this man to. And, and the man and the man stops and he says, "Son, he says." Uh, Says I'm okay. I'm okay. He said. Uh, fact. He said I live right over there, and I'm actually going home. We're going to have my family's waiting for me, and and we're going to have Thanksgiving. And you're really in no condition to drive. Uh, pull into my driveway there, and I'd like to invite you to come to our house for Thanksgiving. That's loving kindness. And so he does, and actually has breakfast with them and some coffee and. And uh, then later on, he spends the day with his family and, and, and he eats lunch with them. And, and that's loving kindness. And that's our God. He says, you know, we, we deserve to be separated from him. him. We deserve an eternity that, has, that knows nothing about God, never gets the opportunity to stand in his presence. And, and then he says, no, I, I want you to be my child. I want you, to, in fact, to come into my home. And, and, and I want to be your heavenly father and I want to watch over you and take care of you. And you know what I know about you? I know that there are going to be times you're going to make decisions that you're going to regret. And certainly I regret because it's not my will for you. But I'm telling you right now, no matter what happens, I love you. And No matter what situation you find yourself in or get yourself in, My love is enduring. You can't lose it. You can't even get rid of it. I love you with an unfailing love. And because of that, the psalmist said, we can always give thanks, no matter what's going on, because that's our God in the midst of any circumstances. Let's pray. Thank you, for Father, for loving us always. Thank you for this enduring, loving kindness that you've promised us, that you've given to us. It has nothing to do with our actions or decisions. That has loved us from ancient times. Before we were even here, before uh, even anyone ever thought about us. You already loved us. And thank you for that loving kindness that in the midst of circumstances, sometimes well-deserved circumstances because of decisions we've made. When we should get this wrath, this anger, this shaking fist, instead we get kindness. We're so grateful, Lord, and, and we... Because of that love, give thanks. Thanks for an opportunity these past four weeks to just really think this through. To start off with, a, with almost a, a frustration with the author of this psalm, as he says, give thanks, and we're thinking, what do I got to be thankful for? And to end up now realizing, ah, oh, I have everything to be thankful for. We do thank you, Father for who you are, for showing us what true love looks like. We pray these things in your son's name. Amen.
1: Just you stand with us as we close this morning? We're going to learn a new one this morning, so sing as you get the hang of it. to like no other, your name, let the nation sing it loud, cause nothing has the power to say. Give us strength to live for you And glorify your name Your name Your name Is a strong and mighty tower Your name Is a shelter like Thanks so much for worshiping with us. We'll see you next week. Drive safe.